0: Hello, and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show, coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today, our special guests are Israeli Bible scholar and owner of Lipkin Tours, Erin Lipkin, and the founders of Gilbert House TV, Sharon and Derek Gilbert. Our co-host today, Armando De La Vega, and I'm Ricky Baker. And now, live from Grace Street at Morningside, USA. Here are your hosts and my parents, Pastors Jim and Lori Baker.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ricky Baker. Yes, Welcome I everyone bet. to Grace Street. We're sure glad you're here today. We have a beautiful audience, we can. and oh, yeah. we have beautiful guests yeah. as well. Thank you. We yeah. have Aaron <laughs> Lipkin of the famous uh, Lipkin Bible tours. Study oh, and yeah. student and. Yeah, tour guide. Yes, and, <laughs> and right. uh, we have with us Derek and Sharon Gilbert, who g- go to Israel a lot. right? a lot. <laughs> a
2: lot. I love the, the the slogan for Lipkin Tours: Israel the right, the right way. way. The
3: right oh, way. The right way. I love that. Oh. Because yeah. it, it, it's it's a game of of names. Instead of uh, you know, we're not bringing people to experience the left wing experience in israel it's the right way, uh, the right way. way. And, and then and then on the t-shirt behind it says don't get left behind uh. so. <laughs> that's funny wow
2: so if you want t-shirts go to aaron Lip- to <laughs> i can't
1: believe I israel's that. having such a left and right problem just like
3: America, right yes, it's yes,
2: like it's the tail wagging the dog. It's Tel Aviv telling the rest of the country what to do.
3: i, I really believe that this is a a problem of the West. It's a problem of of mm-hmm. progressiveness in the West that uh, that is increasing and increasing. You know, sometimes I feel like we're standing in front of a tsunami and yes. and and, and yeah. I, sometimes I feel helpless and then. I remember that God is, is, is on our side. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Amen. yes. amen. You know, yes. you said
4: something on yesterday's program, and if you haven't watched yesterday's program, you can go and VOD it, meaning you can video on demand and watch it there, uh, ptlnetwork.com or jimbakershow.com. But you said something that resonated to me why we're watching the left and the right almost go at war with each other. And one word that you said yesterday stood out was the values of the people are changing. And it made me think of 2 Timothy chapter 3, that when you become lovers of yourselves, the ethics and the values and Mm -hmm. the language changes to the point that we cannot agree on anything, let alone on God. America right now is a war. If you don't realize it by now, the music industry is being disrupted because people on the left don't agree that you should stand with your country, you shouldn't stand by snatching an old lady's uh, purse. I mean, th- this is ludicrous that we're even facing, but it goes back to what you said yesterday. The values of society are changing, and people that protest against the right values is what we're watching play out.
2: I, I love that way you said, because if they don't believe... In the Bible, why do they care that you believe it?
3: I think that, that this, it, it, in Israel at least, I think that, that when people see a religious Jew, when people see um, the areas of Judea and Samaria that, that just project Bible, because that's where the Bible happened. Judea and Samaria are the biblical heartland of Israel. Uh, when, they, when they see that, Jews are challenged uh, to ask themselves, who am I? What makes me a Jew? And and, and some people don't want, don't want to be in that challenge. They don't want to, to face the, the, the challenge that they have in, in trying to investigate what their identity is. I think that, that it's the same thing here. When, when an American sees, a, when, when an atheist American sees a, a Christian, uh, it, it presents a picture that, that is not pleasant to him because who is he? Mm. And and he is vacuum. Mm. That's the problem. He's a person that that revolves around themselves, himself, himself again, instead of revolving around God. And that that is who we are. We revolve around God. We see God in everything. You know, it was just in Yosemite Park. And everything, every everywhere I looked, nature, the mountains, the yes. the rivers. Everything I looked at was God, yeah. mm-hmm. and and I, I and I looked at other people around me, and I'm sure some of them were, were Bible believers, some of them were atheists, and I asked myself, what's the difference between me and an atheist? We both appreciate nature. We both are amazed at the beauty of nature. Mm-hmm. But what makes us different is that I have gratitude mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for me, what I see around me is not a coincidence. It's not just there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that God did, that God right. made, and, and I'm grateful to God for that.
5: Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, and this is a struggle that, that is as old as the Bible, mm. because we see these values being fought in the streets of uh, America, in the streets of Israel today. Yeah. But we, we look back at, uh, say, go back 3,400 years to the plains of Moab as uh, the <laughs> Israelites yoked themselves to the Baal mm. of Peor, a god of the underworld, and according to Psalm 106, they ate sacrifices offered to the dead. I mean, this was a generation that had learned directly from Moses who had walked with God and talked directly with God. They had followed that pillar of flame through the desert for 40 years. Their parents had seen the Red Sea literally part in a direct message to the king of the Canaanite pantheon, Baal, who was the patron god of sailors, and uh, had become the king of the pantheon by defeating this god of the sea. And yet, 40 years later, like, okay, we, we're, we're gonna go with this over here because we get to do whatever we want. And boy, these, these Moabite women are really hot. Mm-hmm. So we're going to follow that religion because it pleases the flesh. Today, it satisfies. And that's what we're seeing, the yeah. God of this world, the spirit of the age, or spirits, because it's not just one. It's not right. just the devil. There are a group of fallen angels out there who are leading people astray. That's right. And we and see it all is, over the world. Here and this is United happening United. worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. worldwide. Worldwide. And, and Israel, don't you
2: think it's really increased lately?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And Israel is going through, I mean, they've been... Somewhat rioting in the streets. I don't know what that riots about. Could you tell me? What is it about
3: sure? There, there are demonstrations uh, on both sides uh, the side that is right now losing and that's the progressive side that saw the the democratic decision of the Jewish people to uh, Continue going in a, in a conservative direction. Uh, they are they are really despaired um, And uh, please don't get me wrong the people from the left that are demonstrating they love Israel, they love the country, they love the, 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 the they're Zionists, they, they serve in the Israeli army, but they were so brainwashed by the Israeli media mm. and, uh, and, and the, the Israeli educational system that they're just fulfilling the agenda of the elites and the, the, the deep state in Israel. And it's really, it's saddening. It rips apart families. Uh, It's the same, I'm I'm sure, is happening also in the States in terms of politics. It's
1: happening so much in the United States that I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because the Lord has been dealing with me. America is at the point of uh, just crumbling. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: Our leadership has lied, our leadership have led us into a very destructive time. And we as Christians have got to turn to God totally before it's too late. And we're living in perilous times, and it's time to turn to God. It's time to let God be in charge of America again. yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, they let God be the God of America. And uh, I have a video um, from CBN News about uh, Taiwan, and they're preparing for war.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I believe the world, is preparing for war. I believe the war, the Third World War, is already begun in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to turn to God. Let, let me play this B roll from CBN News of Taiwan preparing for war. Let's look at this.
4: The tensions are peaking. Beijing's belligerence is once again making Taipei chittery.
6: China's military releasing this video recently showing what simulated attacks on Taiwan would look like. The tiny island off the mainland coast now facing almost daily Chinese military harassment. Meanwhile... Taiwan is beefing up its military and training with new U.S. weapons. All in preparation for potential full-scale war.
3: To be clear, we do
7: not seek conflict or confrontation, but we will not flinch in the face of bullying or coercion.
6: While the war drums grow louder by day, Taiwan Christians are taking to their knees by night.
4: The united prayers and fasting prayers of the churches in Taiwan much more than ever before. It's an unprecedented prayer movement. All across
6: this island, people are meeting every day, 24 hours a day, to pray for revival, unity, repentance, and protection over their land.
4: I believe something so simple is start having such a huge impact upon people in the church and also the people around the church.
1: Gordon
6: <laughs> Huang passes one of Taiwan's most well-known congregations. His church sits atop this iconic landmark known as Taipei 101 in the heart of the capital city. He fears war with China is coming and wants Christians to be ready. I think one thing for sure, people is going to be so shaken and people want to hear the gospel. Are you ready or are you going to be on the run yourself? That theme of shaking gripped Don Young two years ago. That's heard
5: from the Lord. Time is short. The hour is urgent. It's time to pray.
6: Young served as an American missionary in West Africa for 15 years and has traveled the world teaching Christians how to have a deeper prayer walk with the Lord. In May of 2021, Pastor Young says he got a word from the Lord that there was going to be a shaking coming to Taiwan. He brought that message to the church leaders here on the island, and that gave birth to a prayer movement that has today swept across Taiwan. The Revival Prayer Group, or RPG, movement began, made up of a handful of people in groups taking turns around the clock to pray for Taiwan. Prayer is the only way
2: that you can get through anything
5: shaky. Jesus did everything by prayer. He did nothing apart from prayer. Before it was just kind of a, a moment with God. We all have them. We ask
4: churches around the world to pray for this most dangerous place in the world today so that God's peace can come upon cross-strait relations. Ethnic Chinese should not kill one another, but instead, we should together fulfill the anti-missions movement to bring the gospel back to Jerusalem. Mm,
1: Hmm. Wow. Wow. So that's what's going on in Taiwan, and they expect war at any moment, Mondo.
4: Absolutely. A few months ago, uh, four-star general said we will be at war with China within two years. That was a few months ago. Today, fast forward to where we are. You know, people like uh, Gordon Chang, he is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. Now, we have to go back and understand that this war is going to be fought differently than the wars from past. Why? Because of technology being involved in a disruption of AI, which artificial intelligence. If if artificial intelligence gets in the hands of the wrong army, we are at war in a way that we've never seen before. Artificial intelligence is changing the everyday life of everyday people. Watch what's happening in Hollywood right now. One of the biggest issues is the disruption of artificial intelligence in that community. That's right. Now, bring it back to a global level with global leaders that are not going to back down. America is probably 10 to 20 years behind in this technology where China is already ahead of its time, yet the question is when? When will they have the power or, or the guts to be able to go ahead and put this into motion? It will disrupt world economic as we know it. That's why when you pay attention to what's happening with money and the economics going digital, it's not by mistake that this is happening. Once war is played out, it's going to change the way we exchange money every day. Now, the reason why one of the headlines right now from our our dear friend uh, Michael Snyder, this is the headline on his blog, World Coin is Here. Just get your eyes scanned by the orb and your new world ID will be issued to you. Why is this important? When war takes place, it's going to disrupt society and many will start fleeing to different parts of the world. Well, how are you going to track people fleeing other nations without their paperwork? Simple. Having a world identification that is manufactured by artificial intelligence it's the way we're going to be able to, be, to know where people are from, what they're all about. This is a crisis that is looming, yet America is asleep. Our world leaders are preparing for this war, yet our current administration is not paying attention to this. For some reason, America's president and the administration don't believe that China is capable to go to war by using North Korea by using Iran, by using other nations that are eyeing the weakness of America right now. They're using Russia. They're using Russia as well. So when you watch all the world leaders plan for a world economic system to be disrupted in a way that we've never known before, yet America's still asleep on this issue. We're watching headlines right from the Bible, and I'm going to give you one more because on this program we have tracked Uh, earthquakes uh, for the last almost 20 years. And I think you said something uh, before the program started. Isn't it amazing that things have been quiet with the earthquake community, Mm -hmm. yet all of Mm -hmm. a sudden you start seeing uh, unpredictable swarm of earthquakes in areas that normally don't take place? Mm -hmm. For example, Virginia in that area is seeing a swarm of earthquakes and hoping that a big one doesn't hit that region. Just okay. a few hours ago, a, a sudden swarm of quakes near Missouri's New Madrid Fault uh, is taking place. We're watching this closely because not only the experts have predicted a major earthquake that can separate America into two, mm-hmm. but prophetically right. speaking, yeah. we have even heard and seen some of our dear friends that sat on this stage prophesied and predict that a major earthquake that will split America in half in the whole point is watch israel if america continues to put pressure on israel to try to divide that land america will have the the last say on land it but divided. it's, it's going to yeah. be divided in a way that we've john never kilpatrick seen. Exactly.
1: even on this stage mm-hmm. said yeah. that there would be a huge earthquake on the new madrid fault mm. And I don't know if you're seeing is happening right now. Absolutely. They're watching a
4: activity that they have not seen back to back, back to back. Right. Usually it's in, in little portions. But now the pressure mm-hmm. and you got to watch the pressure of the of the plates that back to back are taking place. Mm-hmm. But when they begin to happen in areas like Virginia that normally don't do that. They're tracing it back to the new Madrid.
2: Yeah, they are. I don't know if you're aware of the new Madrid fault. It's in the boot heel of Missouri down around uh, uh, Cape Girardeau. Further south. Yeah, yeah, but it's in that area, and it has little tentacles that go throughout the Midwest into Indiana, as you say. Now we're finding out Virginia. And historically, that has caused earthquakes that are gigantic Mm -hmm. and affect a huge region and. There are some who believe that if that went off, that it could cause a major fissure in our continent. Right.
0: Yeah. Don't go away. We'll be right back
1: after this special message. I want you to be prepared for any emergency. And we have online right now the greatest supply of survival food that we've ever had. And you can go to JimBakerShow.com and you can buy all the products and you can shop. One of the things that all the experts have told me, money will, will be worthless if the crisis comes and you're going to need something to barter with. You're going to need to be able to say, I'll trade this for what you have. And it's going to be just like 100 years ago where people bartered with one another. And we now have, we call them Baker's Dozen. And there are 13 packets in each box, different prices, whatever's in the box. But you can get things like buttermilk pancakes, a whole box of them. That box is $34.99. The pancakes are as good as you get at any pancake house. They are delicious. I know you're gonna enjoy them. We have bread. 13 packets of bread or we have black bean burgers which make great hamburgers or you can make a meatloaf we've got mac and cheese every kid loves mac and cheese so you can get a you know 13 pouches of mac and cheese and these are reasonably priced and this is something people are going to love with children we call it morning moves melt and you get 13 packets of milk and uh that's i think 59 dollars, and that's 260 servings of milk it is really good we have spaghetti marinara and my favorites and you can get a box of that i think one of the greatest bargaining tools in the world is going to be coffee and we have our freeze-dried instant coffee baker's dozen dozen packets, there's 780 servings in the box. I'll tell you what, if you want to negotiate, I always have my coffee. I'll tell you what, people that are coffee drinkers, they will trade you for their, probably give you their car to have a packet of coffee. But go to my website right now, jimbakershow.com And you can go there and order all of these survival foods and our special new Baker's Dozen food boxes. Remember, God loves you.
0: He really does. And now let's get back to
1: the show. All three of you. I'm just going to ask you a very simple question. Israel is surrounded by enemies right now. Why in God's earth is the whole world aimed at Israel? I mean, Israel is as small as one of our states. Mm -hmm. Like Rhode Island.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? And it's still there.
1: Yeah, it's still there. It won wars when it was impossible. What's going on? Why right. why does the world why is the world
3: aimed against Israel? I, I believe that Israel represents God. Yes. I yes. believe that that's, that, that's right. it's very simple. And right. and, 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 and we see that, that those that attack Israel are attacking God. Mm. They're attacking the bible the biblical values That's right uh, and we see around us how for you know for se- more than 70 years the arab countries have been fighting us and attacking us um uh, uh, constantly and when you look at them today you see how they're cursed you know lebanon is on the verge of economic collapse uh jordan is in economic collapse egypt economic collapse you have huge titles of immigration from the Middle East into Europe, uh, leaving, the, the whole place is becoming depopulated. The only place where people are living a normal life, living a, a, flourish, a life of flourishment, you know, Israel now has natural gas. Whoever thought that Israel mm-hmm. would have these natural resources suddenly popping out? Israel is, 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 is you know, is, is right now in, in the peak of its, of its uh, uh, development, uh, and, and we look all around us and we see destruction. We see we're, in, we're a beautiful villa in the jungle that's, yeah. that's being destroyed around us. Um, so, so, you know, God is, is blessing Israel. He's cursing those that curse Israel, and, uh, and, and I think that this is a sign for the whole world to, to walk in the right way.
5: Yes. And I think that's exactly right, and that's why archaeology in the Holy Land yes. is so politicized and why when, uh, as we talked about in yesterday's program, when Scott Stripling and his colleagues published their findings regarding the lead curse tablet, or other discoveries like uh, Dr. Doug Petrovich and the uh, Lachish-built milk bowl ostracon, which was another example of Hebrew text from the time of Joshua that wasn't supposed to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are, uh, are, are, are uh, opposed by the archaeology community, not because of the academics involved, but because they don't want to admit that the Jewish people have been there for 3,400 years and that they have any right or any claim to the land. They want to deny that they were even there. Yeah, It's it become political because it's spiritual. And, yes. what, and what
3: you see in, in the universities, you know, a place that you, were, you would expect uh, to be scientific, neutral, um, liberal in the sense that all people can feel comfortable expressing their views and their ideas. Uh, from a place like that to move to a place where you have cancel culture you know professor adams Rotal, who discovered joshua's altar he 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 was so frustrated that such an important discovery like joshua's altar is is oh, yeah. almost totally ignored by the archaeologists all over the world because it's it it, it just disproves everything that they taught uh, it goes against their agenda so just ignore it don't don't refer to it don't talk about it um, and, and because it, it totally undermines uh, the, 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 again, the liberal and progressive mindset. A friend of ours, and
5: again, I mentioned Dr. Doug Petrovich, mm-hmm. he did work at the site of ancient Hatzor, which was destroyed by the uh, Israelites under Joshua. And he worked on the archaeological team there and published a paper showing that one of the levels of destruction uh, dated to the time of Joshua. Well, that didn't fit the narrative, and so he was not
3: invited to come back. And what do, what do they find? They find... <laughs> Pagan gods of Hatzor with their heads chopped down. Yes. And yes. that's not something that a conqueror does when he goes into a, an ancient city. He he adopts those yes. pagan gods. That's what the pagans did, right. But what do the Israelites do? They do what God says, mm-hmm. and they break the, the pagan gods. The, the, yes. so, so there you go. And archaeology, again, shows you the truth. <laughs> and and shows that this, this,
5: this war, this culture war, goes back... To biblical times. Right. Yeah. So what we're seeing on the streets now shouldn't surprise us because this is what Moses and the Israelites had to deal with before they even crossed the Jordan River. You saw these miracles, and now you're chasing and eating mm-hmm. sacrifices to the dead. What's wrong with you people? Which well, is- we're doing the same thing in America today.
2: And let yeah. me just say, this is why you need to go to Israel with us. <laughs> go to <laughs> LipkinTours.com. We go in March of 2024, March of 2025. You can also go to, and this one's easy, Gilbertsinisrael.com. Gilbertsinisrael.com. Pretty easy to remember. And we go places nobody else goes.
5: Because Aaron and his team are willing to take us to these sites that are not on the normal tours. In fact, your tour guides are so wonderful working with us. Our friend Rabbi Zev Porat, whom we yes, had on this program. love
7: Rabbi Zev.
5: He did a, a deep study on the location of the crucifixion and the actual burial tomb of Jesus. Right. And so he got with the tour guides, uh, Yeshai and Kuti Ben David, and we got them to stop the buses on the high point on the Mount of Olives. Yeah. You know, right now that building with the Israeli flag on top. And uh, so he was showing us, this is the actual crucifixion site. It's a parking lot today, mm-hmm. but the other tours don't go there. They go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and God right. bless them, there's historic mm-hmm. value in all of that. Yeah. But to be able to go to these sites and go to see the tomb and the grotto beneath the Church of the Pater Noster, this is the tomb of a wealthy man. We fit 120 people on our tour in this tomb yes. as opposed to the, and we went to the uh, the church of the... Uh, the one it, that's the, traditional, the, and the, the the it's very tomb. small. The garden tomb, one, right.
2: one or two people can go in at a time, and you take your picture, and then you leave. As we say, 120 of us got into there. There was more room. We sang. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that was more of a rich man's tomb. Mm-hmm. The other one was okay. This one was incredible. Yeah.
5: And, and we love, the, you know, the garden tomb because the folks that run it are wonderful. Yeah. A ministry based out of mm-hmm. London, a nonprofit. So we're they happy do. to see that location. We're happy to see and the other have sites. And we there. It, yeah. Sh- yeah. Sharon, so a blessing. But boy, Sharon. oh, boy, to see these archaeological yeah. sites. It, right here is where this happened. It's just. Oh,
1: uh, it, that's why I just love Israel. Oh, I yeah. love it with a passion. Sharon, you're. Are you a scientist or are you a preacher lady?
2: Oh, honey, I'm both.
7: Yes, you You're are. You're both. I am both.
2: Because if you want to learn about the Lord, you study science. I My degree's in biology, especially in genetics. So I drilled down and studied into the cell and how the mechanics of the cell work. And when you start looking at that, you see the design and the beauty and the intention and you see the very presence of God. All right. This fingerprint is in ourselves.
1: Yeah, I, I yes. put on put on your science hat, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why do you believe that there's so much controversy over these biblical findings that Aaron is discovering and, and all? Why do you, why is there controversy all the time? It, it seems like people would just welcome to find the, 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 the findings of the scientists.
2: You would think so, wouldn't you? But in science, you make a reputation, you write a book, you get uh, a place at a, at a college, and you you're a professor, and you get tenure, and you play ball. You do what you're told. Otherwise, you don't get tenure, you don't publish your books, and you don't get acceptance into the fellowship of your fellow scientists i think scientism is a religion and if you believe outside of the religion then you are cut off you're shunned you're anathry, mm. you don't publish you're no longer accepted into the fraternity of scientists and i think that that's what's going on in israel that's what's going on in the rest of the world
1: yeah that's what's going, going on in America.
2: Exactly. And archaeology is proving that the Bible is true. Yeah. That's the last thing that the scientists in Tel Aviv want to, for people to find out about. It amazes me when we go to Joshua's altar and other places like Sisera's Forge, which very few people go to, Gilgal Raphaim, and you discover that the rocks tell the story of the mm. Bible, and yet hardly anybody's there. There's no ice cream stand. There hardly will be a bathroom. I mean, in some places you have to get permission to go there. The military has to say, yes, you can go there because we don't really guarantee whether or not, you know, somebody won't come over and try to kick you out. But that's intentional. This is a spiritual war. And those spirits are in those rocks.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: When you go there, you can feel it sometimes.
3: You know, when when I, I grew up in Jerusalem, and um, as I said, I, you know, I read the Bible, I love the Bible, but I didn't really realize where I was living and what happened around us. Uh. And, and, and so in, in a sense, I would be like anyone else reading the Bible anywhere in the world. But when my wife and I moved in the year 2000 to Samaria, uh, and one day I, I took a Bible professor on my car and we drove from Ofra, where I live, to Jerusalem, um, he, he pointed out an Arab village and he said, Aaron, you, you see that village? You know what happened here in the Bible? And I said, It's an Arab village. What happened? <laughs> and he said, Well, this Arab village is called Bitin. Bitin preserves the name Bethel. This is where Jacob had the dream of the ladder. Oh my God. And I was, I was shocked. <laughs> and then we continue on two, three more minutes to the left. He says, You see this Arab village? This Arab village is called the village of the two bears. Where do we have two bears in the Bible? The story of Elisha. Yes. Elisha comes from Jericho, and two bears come out of the forest and kill the people that insult the prophet. So this it it really happened, and it happened right here. And the name and the tradition preserves it right here. Another three minutes, Aaron. You see this Arab village? This is Mukhmas. This is where Jonathan. The son of King Saul fought the Philistines. This is just a a fifteen minute drive from where I live to Jerusalem, and I have to say that that drive totally changed my mind mm. because I, I I came from a a theoretical understanding of the Bible to a, a real understanding of the Bible. Mm. Suddenly, the Bible is all around me, and the places are real, the stories are real and that that's why it's so crucial for people from all over the world, especially Christians, to, to come to Israel, to visit Israel in any way they can. Uh, Israel is like this, this phone charger. When you go, when you go there, yeah. you get charged. You yeah. get charged yeah. with this amazing spiritual uh, wow. energy uh, and, and understanding of the Bible. When you come back home with all these insights and understanding, you're a much powerful believer because... You visited wow. Israel. Yeah, true. And, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to produce films. I, I never thought ever in my life that I will be a film director, a film <laughs> actor, a drone <laughs> photographer. But uh, we, I created several videos for people that cannot visit Israel for, for different reasons. And, uh, and, and there's, you know, one teaching is a teaching about the, the, the footprint structures uh, that I spoke mm. about yesterday. Uh, Another teaching is about the city of Shiloh. Mm -hmm. You know, we we read about Samuel, uh, about Samuel, the prophet Samuel hearing God's name. uh, And and, and Shiloh is a real place. It's not just a battlefield here in the United States. It's (laughs) it's a real ancient city in Israel that that really existed where all the stories in the book of Samuel and also the book of Judges happened. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Joshua's altar. Uh, mm-hmm. This is another important site that we spoke about yesterday, which I believe is the key to fighting uh, atheism and Bible denial because this site was commanded by Moses in the book of Deuteronomy and built by Joshua in the book of Joshua. And we mm-hmm. actually have it. We, we, it's there. And uh, this, these videos and the books of Adam Zertal uh, can be found at altarofjoshua.com. Uh, and that people can digitally download them and read them at their home. Oh, they're uh, so th- good. This is amazing uh, information that can be used by people, by churches, to educate people, empower them, and give them a, a deeper understanding of the land of Israel and the Bible.
1: Wow. They can they can actually go to uh, your website and and... Order them if they want.
3: Yes, they can either visit altarofjoshua.com or lipkintours.com.
1: Lipkintours.com mm-hmm. is there on the screen oh, right now. Oh, it's so
2: good! It's a, you do the best drone <laughs> videos. Thank you. And we have to say thank you, Etty Lipkin, for allowing Aaron to have these nice drones. <laughs> wow.
3: When I married my wife Etty, uh-huh. uh, I didn't know that Yemenite Jews don't celebrate birthdays, and uh, and 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 every year passed and nothing's happened. <laughs> And, uh, you know, when I get to the age of 40, I come to my wife and I say, you know, it's time to buy a birthday present for your husband. <laughs> and so she said, what do you want? And I said, I, 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 I just want a, a simple drone for purely scientific research, of course.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so so, so she said, crazy. how much
3: does this drone cost? And I said, whatever I said. And she said, no. <laughs> and, uh, and so I crowdfunded it for it. And since then... Uh, Uh, The Lipkin fleet has Mm -hmm. four drones, and I'm using it to to document archaeological sites. There's nothing like uh, drones should do photographs. It's
4: incredible. We could have used those when we went and discovered this. I want to say something because there's a headline, and I love using headlines on the program to verify almost everything that you're saying, but there's something happening in America with pastors. You said something. I hope you're watching and listening to every word that is being said on this program because there are key words that would ignite you to go research. You said if you want to be recharged, go to Israel. Yes. Amen. This is a message to every pastor. If you know a pastor, this is a headline. 38% of U.S. pastors have thought about quitting full-time ministry in the past year. With pastors' well-being on the line and many on the brink of burnout, 38% indicate they have considered quitting full-time ministry within the past year. One of the most alarming findings, this is according to Barna, findings is that 46% of pastors under the age of 45 say they are considering quitting full-time ministry compared to 34% of pastors 45 and older. This Mm -hmm. is... This could be your pastor. This could be someone that you know that goes to church with a pastor that is thinking. And most pastors today do not teach the history of the Bible the way you taught it yesterday. I was mesmerized. I was quiet. I'm usually not quiet. But I want you to know something. Most pastors today that are, that are pastoring American churches do not have the quality or the, the qualifications to even preach. Therefore, when wokeism come into the church, they lean more to the woke gospel than the traditional way of preaching the gospel because they don't know the history of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yet when an issue that this culture arises, most young pastors today lean towards the woke gospel, not understanding fully of what you taught yesterday about the history of just on the book of Joshua. And you said, if you want to get recharged, some of you need to raise some money and send your pastor into a pilgrimage like we did in in 2014, Mm -hmm. because I want to tell you something. Every page that you have read about the Bible comes to life. Something happens to you when you are looking over Jerusalem that comes over you Mm -hmm. that I cannot explain to you. I try explaining it. I hand the camera over to Ricky, and I was in tears. I broke down, mesmerized, and moved by the Holy Spirit to understand that everything that I was willing to stand for, as for me and my house, we will stand for the Lord, came to life. And that was because we took that trip
1: that I'm still standing today. Amen. Aaron, yesterday, we talked, if you remember, we talked about the lead tablets do you remember that that had been discovered? what is the connection of the lead tablet to the aerononic blessing uh,
3: Ooh. that's that's a very good question, that is a good uh, question. And, and it's it's something that came to me one day as i was I was speaking at a church um, there is there is a commandment in the bible uh for the uh the priests the high priests and and the other priests to Bless the people of Israel uh, with the Aaronic blessing. And as I as I grew up in Israel uh, and became religious in, in my teen years um, and started attending synagogue and prayers, uh, I saw something that was weird. It's something that that that's that stood up and I, I couldn't understand exactly what it was. The Hebrew prayer in synagogue is a dialogue between the, the, the cantor, the person who leads the prayer, mm-hmm. and the congregation. There is, there's this dialogue going on, and suddenly, every morning, they stop the prayer, and you have one, two, three, maybe four uh, descendants of Aaron, Kohanim, the priests, coming forward to the front of the synagogue. Uh, they, they cover themselves with the prayer shawls. And they say a blessing. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has commanded us to bless his people Israel with love. And then they turn around to the congregation and they stand with their hands like this in the air. Mm -hmm. And they say the Aaronic blessing over the congregation. And this this whole ceremony was always uh, mysterious for me. Why are they standing like that? Why are they standing... Where does it say in the Bible that they need to stand like this? And uh, the answer I gave myself was always, well, it's a tradition. You know, maybe God showed it to to Moses, Moses showed it to Aaron, maybe God showed it to Aaron, and we'll never know what what this means, what the real reason is. And, uh, you know, suddenly after discovering this lead tablet and understanding that the way that the Israelites wrote was with these pictures. Um, how do you see, how do you, how do you write God's name? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we saw, we saw it uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, we, we see that God's name is a, a man standing uh, with his hands like this mm-hmm. in, in the air. And we have two letters, Yud and Vav, on both sides. This is how the Israelites uh, pictured God's name uh, in 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 their minds, when they heard the name YHW, the Lord, and and then suddenly you look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? Right after the Aaronic blessing, it says, "And so they shall put my name on the Israelites." That's the commandment to oh, the priesthood. My goodness. You shall put my name on the Israelites. So now we understand from the lead tablet, from this ancient script and from the the tradition that we see today everywhere in synagogues at the western wall when the priesthood are standing like this Mm -hmm. they're they're literally putting god's name on the israelites they represent they're embodying god's name on the israelites as they stand like this fulfilling god's commandment Mm. that is good oh that's good. good
1: Derek, we're running out of time, but I want to know, what is Israel's uh, Stonehenge?
5: Oh. Well, that's a site that uh, you've actually shown some of Aaron's drone footage of here a few times. Gilgal Rephaim. Yes. Uh, We had the opportunity, uh, again, because Aaron is such an archeology span nerd like we are. uh, We went with Aaron and the archeologist who's done the most recent excavations at this location back in uh, 2006 through 2011. Um, this site that you're looking at has got about 66,000 tons of stone in it. Stonehenge, oh my. Stonehenge by comparison, is about 25,000 tons. So it is bigger than Stonehenge. Yes. It is older than Stonehenge. Oh. Dr. Mike Freakman, who did the excavation there, ran some tests on it, and he came up with a date of about 3700 B.C., which is about 1,200 years older than the estimate for Stonehenge. So it is bigger and older than Stonehenge, and according to Dr. Freakman, his best analysis of what it was used for was in rituals for the cult of the dead. That central area there is a tumulus, that's a, a mound of rock around an artificial cave. In other words, it's an artificial cave inside of an artificial mountain. And in the ancient world, in the ancient Sumerian language, for example, the word for mountain was identical to the word for the netherworld. In Hebrew, the word for the land, eretz, is also can also mean the netherworld. There was this connection between the world above and the world below. And apparently this was used in some sort of ritual for the cult of the dead where a, a, a priest or a shaman would go into that central core, that central cave, and commune with the spirits of the netherworld. Mm. We went in there with Dr. Freakman mm. and our good friend Pastor Doug Van Dorn and his wife Janelle, and Mike Freakman was telling us about this inside that central area. And while we were in there, we saw little votive candles and you think about this, this place was built probably almost 6,000 years ago. And to this day, there are still people going inside it to perform some kind of ritual. Little votive candles in there. We went in there on a Thursday. Aaron got his Land Cruiser stuck in the mud and the little stream <laughs> getting across. Um, we went back on Tuesday. The people movers carrying the tour group got stuck in the mud. We thought they were going to hate us. We really did. Mean, the first full day of the tour, and we've got you know 120 people, and this thing is getting stuck in the mud. It's like, <laughs> oh, we crossed the ocean, we paid all this money, and now we're stuck in the... No, it was a great adventure. Come on, there's a stream we can get mm-hmm. across. And so the young men were helping the older folks across, and the men helping the women. It was oh, a it was great adventure. The Holy Spirit brought the whole tour group together that day. But as we went back inside that central area, there were fresh candles from four days before. So people are still using that site to this day. Again, it is a site that apparently has been sacred to the cult of the dead for almost 6,000 years because Dr. Freakman said when he was excavating the site back in 2006 and 7, he found a wall outside that original structure, an older wall that had been dismantled to reuse the stones to build this thing, and it had been essentially forgotten until Israel recaptured the Golan Heights in 1967. I mean, this thing is 500 feet across. You can see it from space on Google Earth, and yet nobody knew it was there until 1967.
2: And do you know what else you can see from space that he got on his drone footage? The serpent mound that is right by this Gilgal-Refaim structure. And very few people ever talk about it. Very few people have ever gone there, and you took us.
1: Yes. Wow. Sharon, you and Derek believe you found yep. the place where Jesus was baptized.
2: Well, we went there too, but the Serpent Mound, just got to finish this really quickly. I promise I'll get to your question. It's in a place called Bashan, which is also pronounced Bethan. It means the place of the serpent.
5: Mm. Yeah, it, it's A
2: serpent mound.
5: Three times longer, four times, five times higher than the great serpent mound yes. in Ohio.
2: So if Bashan sounds familiar, Og of Bashan, remember Joshua and Moses were told, go there first? Right. So yes, you took us there, and then you took us other places too. My goodness, you took us to this other installation that might be right next to where Jesus was baptized. And
5: it looks exactly like Gilgal Rephaim. It's that it's place smaller, I can't pronounce. His smaller verb, Kerbet Beteha, which uh, I'm told is Arabic, essentially means ruins
3: of Bethsaida. Aaron, yeah. how did you half find a mile? That? Well, Derek, <laughs> Derek is the one that made the research. It was well, crazy. Again, it, yes.
5: it was the archaeologist, Dr. Mike Friedman, yes. had written about it in his dissertation, and uh, he said, okay, well, this is right on the... So I went on Google Earth, mm-hmm. and again, you can see it from space. Mm-hmm. It's about half the size of Gilgal Rephaim, but it's not on any beaten track, it's not on the tours, mm-hmm. but it's on the bank of the Jordan River, two miles north of the Sea of Galilee. Very close to
2: Bethsaida. And
5: half a mile from ancient mm-hmm. Bethsaida. So when we read in chapter one of the Gospel of John, that he was baptizing in Bethany mm-hmm. beyond the Jordan, east of the Jordan River, there's no Bethany east of the Jordan mm-hmm. River. The only one is on the Mount of Olives. So when you look at the original Hebrew, or the original Greek, excuse me, of the Gospel of John, Bethania is a Hellenized or Greek version of the Latin name Botania, which is Bashan across the Jordan. That's the region north and east of the Sea of Galilee. John was baptizing in the place of the serpent, which the ancient world knew was literally the entrance to the netherworld.
2: Exactly. So two of these Gilgal circular formations, like Stonehenge's, in the area of Bashan, and one is right by this beautiful section of the Jordan River. It was gorgeous down Mm -hmm. there. And you could see it formed a natural amphitheater, so a great place to talk to a whole bunch of people. Or pay, maybe feed a bunch of people.
5: We think that when you read about the feeding of the 5,000, yeah. which is the only miracle in the Bible, that, other than the resurrection, that appears in all four Gospels, it took place in a desolate area near Bethsaida. Yeah. And you've got this location there with the slope of the bank down. It's about 100 sure. foot. You said and that it's just you amazing. found
7: amazing. <laughs>
1: the
5: valley of the shadow of death. Well,
7: this is in that same region.
2: That's why we went, wanted to see so many of these things. It's an area that used to have a lake hula in the middle which became a swamp which was drained thank you israel because of the you know mosquitoes and all of these dolmens these stone structures that were revering and venerating these ancestral spirits that de- the demons mm-hmm. And they are all in this region of Bashan.
5: Uh, the archaeologists who've done the survey of the Golan Heights have found that in that valley, along the sides of the valley, through which the Jordan River runs, between Mount Hermon in the north and the Sea of Galilee in the south, there are something like 1,100 of these dolmens. And we visited one of those mm-hmm. at, uh, near the uh, Shamir kibbutz with a capstone that weighs 50 tons. That was huge. In other words, the tabletop of the table weighs as much as two fully loaded 18-wheelers on an American highway, and we were able to go and visit that because, according to the archaeologists, that was the center of the dolmen building culture in the ancient world. But Matthew, in Matthew chapter 4, wrote that when Jesus moved to Capernaum, which is the city at the southern end of that valley, it fulfilled what was written by the prophet Isaiah, those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And we think it relates to the dolmens on either side of the Jordan River because it was at the south end where Jesus based his Mm -hmm. ministry. At the north end, the origin of the Jordan River, Caesarea Philippi, the grotto of Pan, is where Jesus declared his divinity to his followers, asking Mm -hmm. them, who do people say the Son of Man is? And then he asked his disciples, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he ascended the very high mountain, according to Matthew, which can only be Mount Hermon, which is where the watchers, according to the book of 1 Enoch, descended to plan the rebellion against humanity, Mm -hmm. and he was transfigured. In other words, Jesus declared his divinity to his followers at the base of the mountain, and then at the top of the mountain, he declared his divinity to the spirit realm. And from there, he proceeded to Jerusalem to fulfill his mission. That valley from Mount Hermon to the Sea of Galilee, surrounded by these monuments to the cult of the dead, we think that is the valley Of the shadow of death. Think about the song. Wow, wow. wow. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table, a dolmen before me. That's That's what the the word word dolmen means.
2: Table. And he he provides a version of the ritual meal. The ritual meal was that you had to take food to the ancestors, otherwise they would haunt you. So you had to bring them food of some kind. And you would go to these dolmens and you would have these rites. Well, the Lord prepares a table for us. Our shepherd does that. He has a cup that doesn't have to be done over and over. It's forever. It's an eternal cup because he always is there for us.
1: Derek, what was the surprising thing you found during your expedition to Israel? (laughs)
5: We, Everything. <laughs> well, there, there were a lot of surprising things. We, we discovered there's another site like Gilgal or Ephaim that we've not visited yet because apparently it's in a training area for the IDF. So mm. we'll find out if we can get on there without being shot at. But <laughs> it was that the, the, the book of First Enoch was completed by about the end of the first century B.C., just about the time of Jesus' birth. And apparently a, a community of Essenes living near the Sea of Galilee Finished that portion, the prophetic portion of the book of Enoch, prophesying a son of man or the son of man would come as God's agent of judgment. And that this book was completed right in the, just as Jesus was Mm -hmm. born. And in the area where John the Baptist was later baptizing, where Jesus was baptized and where he based his ministry, there's a village of caves on the side of Mount Arbel, Mm -hmm. near the village of Magdala, where Mary Magdalene was from. You can see Capernaum where Jesus based his ministry you can see Bethsaida where the first disciples were called you can see Mount Hermon in the distance and right there is where this last piece of that prophetic puzzle was finished just as John the Baptist mm-hmm. and Jesus were born and began to minister
2: we so appreciate that you've had Aaron on for these yes. two programs well, because it has been amazing. I mean this is
1: important information yes, is. very very well, time's gone and I would like you to Take time to call us right now at one 888 1588 The key to staying on the air is monthly giving. Yes. And you know, you could give a dollar a day, which right. is thirty dollars right. a month. Yes. Yes. And or you could give ten dollars a month, or mm-hmm. you could give fifty dollars right. a month, or a hundred dollars a month. But call me right now at one eight eight eight-nine eight eight one five eight eight and say i want to be a monthly partner isn't that right laurie yes we call it
7: count me in count me in to be a
1: part of you know
7: just having aaron here Mm -hmm. and and derek and sharon this is the this information that you've brought to us is so it's it's more than mind-boggling it's just so it just makes, again, it makes the Bible come again so to light. It just makes you fall in love with Jesus Doesn't more it? and more and more and know what he did for us and to know God and to make him known and to the whole world. This is what we're called right. to do mm-hmm. as we're ambassadors for God, for Jesus. Holy Spirit uses us. SO CALL US RIGHT NOW AT 1-888-988-1588, OR GO TO JIMBAKERSHOW.COM. YOU CAN LOOK AT ALL OF OUR AFFILIATE PAGES. WE HAVE AMAZING PRODUCTS OUT THERE FOR YOU, FOR YOUR HEALTH, YOUR WELLNESS, YOUR WELL-BEING, AND MOST OF ALL, MAKE SURE THAT YOU KNOW JESUS AS YOUR PERSONAL LORD AND SAVIOR. MAYBE IT'S TIME, LIKE IT WAS FOR ME 35-PLUS YEARS AGO, ONE SUNDAY, IT WAS AN EASTER SUNDAY, IT WAS JUST TIME TO GO BACK TO CHURCH. And I, I surrendered my complete everything unto the Lord. And as a result, here we sit. Here you sit, Ricky. Amen. As a result,
8: Amen. you're here. God is good. And that is one important thing you want to know today. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you need to get closer to him today. Yes. And if you don't know Jesus, there's never been a better time to become a believer. That's what the PTL uh, Television Network is all about. It is, like you said, to know the gospel, but to make the gospel known as well, to know the sacrifice that the lamb had paid on the cross for us known, Because the blood is still red, it is still hot, Mm -hmm. and it is still running, ready to save anyone who is willing to lay down their own crown and pick up the cross today. So do that today, and thank you. Derek, Sharon, thank you, Aaron, for being yes. here. I'm glad we can blessing. all have the same message that uh-huh. God is good. And Amen. He's still alive. Yeah. And, pray Amen. Amen. and pray for
7: Israel. Amen. And pray for right. The peace of Jerusalem. And America. And yes. America. Amen. Thank God you.
1: loves you. He really does. <laughs> Bye-bye for today. <laughs> Bye-bye. We love you. Thank you for watching
0: today's program. Will you pray about standing with us by calling one 888 988 1588 that number again is one 1588 Or you can connect with us on our website at www.jimbakershow.com. Thank you for your praise and financial support. Stand with us as we continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world.